Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I am so grateful that you have taken time out to be with us as we talk about an important subject, a topic that has been top of mind and something that I find many others are going through. And I wanted to uh, talk about it because I feel that there are other people who are experiencing the same difficulties. And I think it's important to, uh, to understand why this is happening and why this is such an important thing to talk about. So if you don't mind, uh, we're going to talk about this today. And uh, we're going to talk about it with, from the perspective of how, what does this mean and how does it impact the people around us. And, and I say this with all equanimity. This is not just uh, something that is a trend. Uh, unfortunately, we're seeing over time that this is happening to far too many people. Far too many people are experiencing and are going through this same scenario where people are not even sure what on earth is going on. People are kind of like, well, I'm not really understanding this. So I wanted to talk about this this morning because I wanted to, 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 my daughter asked me to actually look into this and she did some research on it. And there are all kinds of things that she has brought up out of this. And I, and I was shocked. Because for a long time, I wanted to believe that some of these things had stopped happening, that some of these things don't happen anymore, and that we had laid to rest some of the issues. Seriously? Seriously. I'm serious. I just wanted to believe that. I wanted to leave the benefit of the doubt with the fact that the system has changed and that the system has evolved now to include everyone so much so that it is no longer just a few, so that I wanted to believe that institutionalized racism, though not dead, is on its way out. And what I have found is that that's not true. Institutionalized racism is as ever-present as it is. Uh, One of the things that I've also found, that a component of that is something called microaggression. It's the ways in which young people of color, when they enter a workforce that is dominated by white people, that if they speak up or if they ask a question, they're deemed to immediately be aggressive. And the white uh, institutionalized power base then accuses them of being uh, hostile or aggressive. For instance, I heard a story about a young man who has a journalism degree. He, in fact, has two degrees. He has a PR degree, a degree in public relations and marketing, and a degree in journalism. You would have thought that that was enough to get him hired anywhere, right? Right. You would have thought that that is more than enough to secure him a job. But he went to work for a major newspaper, and he noticed that he was getting the same level of work that the unpaid interns were getting. Did you hear me? The unpaid interns were getting more exposure and getting more work than he was. So he began, he asked a question. He said, I've noticed that the unpaid interns are getting more work than me. Hey, hey, everybody. And guess what? They told him that he was too hostile and that he no longer had a job. They fired him 
for being hostile because he asked a question. That is microaggressions. So what they did was tapped into a stereotype that a black man is a, is a, is a man filled with, with aggression and is violent and tapped into that stereotype and then threw it back at him that that's the reason why. So despite the fact that he has two degrees, what you're finding is that most young people of color end up being underemployed. So most, most people nowadays come with two degrees, right? They graduate, they have a four-year degree, they can't get a job, they go back to school and they get a master's degree. They go get an advanced degree. They come back and they still can't get a job. So they end up being underemployed because student loans are real and you have to live. And what I have found in the workplace is that the institutionalized racism is such, it is de designed specifically to keep black people unempowered, underemployed, unemployed, and shy of the system of having money. That's all that it is designed to do. It's economic oppression. So whereas they can't practice uh, standardized racism, which is just black, white, you can't get a job because of that. They make sure that there are not enough jobs for you to have. And if there are, they hire more whites. And then on top of that, they make sure you don't have a chance to buy into the system to have the money to keep you going. I want to tell you about some stories I heard. I was talking about this with some folks recently. And I'm not going to say where I was or who I was talking to. But I was talking to some people. Somebody saying something here. Business is designed to keep blacks down. How? Well, do you, in your business, if you own a business, I'm addressing you, if you own a business, do you hire more, as many Blacks, and do you hire people based on their qualifications, or do you hire them based on color? And don't tell me business is designed, the economic system of oppression is real. Lucky for you, you may never have experienced it, but lucky for you, you've never had to walk in a skin like mine. You've never had to walk into my color. I am a published author of three books. I have been on radio for more than 10 years. You've never seen me on CNN. It's not for lack of trying. You've never seen me on ABC. You see people who are less qualified, less experienced, but because they're white, they're on national TV. So come on, talk to me now. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Business, tell me about it. People should never be hired because of color, but it is a reality. This is what is going on. I have met white women who have less qualifications in the field I'm in, who are not qualified, but they are further ahead just because the system is designed, administered, maintained, and is run by white people whose problem and whose mantle it is to ensure that people of color don't get anywhere near the money. This is why I tell black people and I tell anybody, when you get near the money, Keep the money. Don't spend all your money in a house. Don't go buy a house for $200 million. Put the $200 million in cash in your bank and go buy a house for $200,000. A house is a house is a house all day. So I was going to tell you some stories that I heard recently in which we talk about microaggressions. I heard a story about a woman who worked at a chain store. You know, one of those big box grocery stores? She worked for 34 years. She was hired along with whites at the same time. All of them, everybody was promoted except her. All the white people who were hired with her are now in senior management positions. She still hasn't been promoted. They all have the same level of education because it's a grocery store, right? 
she they all graduated high school. She graduated high school. She didn't get a she didn't get promoted, but they did. Are you listening to me? Thirty four years later, she's still a cashier. But the white women who were hired with her are now in positions of management. And they all have the same level of education. If that does not scare you, and if that does not typify and exemplify what I'm talking about, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> the other story I heard, the other thing that I found in talking about microaggressions and the concept of microaggressions, the other thing I've learned is the ways in which black people, when employed, people of color, when employed, are required to do more work. The system that judges them is different from the system that judges what. So, for instance, I heard a story that in one particular field, this was working for the state government, the, 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 the standard was creating 100 reports within a 30-day period. That's the standard. A black man was told that he, was, he had too many error reports. So when his, his representative asked, what is the standard? They found out that he was given five times more work than his white colleagues. Therefore, his error rate per capita is going to be what? Higher. But when judged according to the standard, his error rate was lower when they brought it down to what it should be. But he did not know that, his, that he was doing the work five times more than his white colleagues. He did not know until it was almost, they were firing him for saying his error report was too high. And then when his representatives started looking into it, they realized that the reason his error report was so high was because he was being, and this happens over and over again. When I, I used to, when I worked in healthcare, most of the folks whom I interacted with were Middle Eastern, you know, uh, Asians and people from South Asia. You know what I learned? That most of them on the job, this is in automotive engineering, most of them on the job had advanced degrees, whereas the nearest white engineer barely had a bachelor's degree. Some of them went to GM's Kettering University. I kid you not. Some of them had an associate's degree from a community college, and they were supervising the people with advanced degrees. In 2008, when GM was about to crash, all across the board, the people who were sent home were people of color, whether they were Asian or black. But white people kept all their jobs and got the best severance packages. What I'm talking about is how today these are the things that contribute to the, the apathy that young people have. So you go to school, they tell you that, well, you're not succeeding because you didn't go to school. Then you go to school, you get the degree, then you come out with a degree and you still can't get a job. So you are way more than qualified than the person who is interviewing you. So you show up for the interview with your master's degree and the person interviewing you barely has an associate's degree. They're not hiring you because you're a threat to them and then they're also not hiring you because of your color, because there is institutionalized racism. It is so subtle. It is passed on. So they don't have to overtly say it. It is understood. Well, who are you interviewing today? You have five candidates. Well, we got to hire a black. So make sure you include a black person in there. So 10 black people show up for the job. 
and you have 10 positions, make sure you hire, you put in as many because we don't want that kind of element in here or you know how they can be. These, is, these are what you call microaggression. It's the subtleties, y'all. It's the things that they say to people. I don't like your hairstyle. I don't like the way you dress. I don't like your mannerisms. Why do you have to, why do you, where do you live? Why do you have to drive to work? I kid you not. I kid you not. These are what you call microaggressions, aggressions. And what they are is based on a system of economic oppression that at its root is institutionalized racism. So you think that slavery ended 150 years ago. So you think that affirmative action and all the Jim Crow laws are gone and you think we're past that? No, the system is there. How can you not be racist when you grow up and you hear your, your family members, your grandparents and your parents talking bad about black people? So how are you going to think different? So you go to school and so on and you associate with them and they're like, well, we all have to mix today and that is what is wrong with the society. And then so you grow up and you find yourself in a position of power. You're going to act out what you were raised to believe. Hello, somebody. Do you see what I'm saying? So now, how are people surviving in an economy that has no structure? The economy has changed and revolutionized since 2008. It no longer is, okay, you go to school, get the degree, and you come out and you're going to work. And you're going to get this job and you're going to work until you can pay your student loans. That disappeared. So the gig economy was driving Lyft, driving for Uber, right? And what started out, what started out as a side hustle to help pay off and accelerate the payments on your student loans end up being your permanent job because you are working and you go to work and all of a sudden you are the last one in, the first one out, or because you are the person of color, you are the first one who is going to be given the boot. So as soon as corporate America, as soon as the guys who wear suits get into a boardroom and determine that their bottom line needs to be met, the first people who go away are who? The people of color. They're the first ones who are given the sieve. They're gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what sacrifices you've made. You didn't go to your kid's birthday party. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Nope, you are out. Can you dig it? So what are you going to do? You, got, you have to freelance. So you look. You go to Instagram, right? You put out your skill sets because the skill sets that you're formally trained in, the one that you went to school and took out all those loans for and your mama and dad and everybody signed away their house and everything, right? Put their name on the line so you could get this education that hopefully was going to propel you into a good future, right? So you put yourself together for all of this. And now you have to depend on a side hustle. So you start telling your friends on Twitter. You start telling your friends on Instagram, I'm available for this. I can do this. I can do that. So your side hustle becomes your permanent job. So you still end up living with your parents because your side hustle does not give you a pay stub. Look at the system of economic oppression. For you to be able to rent somewhere, you have to have what? You have to have a, a pay stub. How are you going to get a pay stub from your side hustle? It's not going to be enough. For you to get a serious, some serious money from Lyft, that means you're going to have to work it 24 hours a day or 18 hours out of the day, right? So you need a pay stub 
to go show that you can rent an apartment. You need a pay stub to take down to the car dealer so you can buy a car, right? Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. And you need to be paying, making your payments on time so you can get an increase on your credit line, right? Am I correct? Okay. So now you have no choice but to go work a side hustle. So everybody has become a freelancer because it's the only way to survive. I, I saw, uh, and you're going to tell me that there are exceptions to the norm, and I'm going to tell you why those exceptions exist. I, I was on Twitter last night, and I saw a young lady, a young black woman, said that She's so incredibly blessed because she graduated school with her PR degree and she was told that she'd never get anywhere with it. And she said she, her first job out was she got $45,000 a year. She just landed her dream job at $200,000 per year. And whilst people were congratulating her, most people were asking, tell me, how did you do that? Because I have an MBA, I have an advanced degree. And I have not been so lucky. Wow, what did you do? Tell me what interviewing and resume tips you had. She couldn't say. What she doesn't realize is that she's part of institutionalized racism. Now, she's going to act like, I'm so grateful I got in. I'm not even going to make a big deal out of it because the microaggressions that she's aware of that exist in the system are going to keep her, right, are going to keep her from expressing that the only reason she really got in was because of institutionalized racism. They had to give a black person, so they looked for the one whom they felt was going to be most appreciative and the one who is less likely to ask any questions. So we're going to make it seem like we're not that bad. So we're going to do it. It's the same thing even white women complain about. Years ago, I, I volunteered at a nonprofit here in the Metro Detroit area, and I wanted to find out because I wanted—I was setting up my own nonprofit, and I wanted to find out how nonprofits are run from the inside. So I volunteered so I could learn it. And they had a vacancy, so I said, "Wow, this would this would be a good opportunity to really get some contacts and get some context from within." So I applied for a job. And the woman who interviewed me was a white woman. She had just left her. She had worked at a company for 15 years, and she felt like she had had it. She said she was completely burnt out. She was white. She's white. And when I asked her uh, what, why did she leave, she said because she got tired. So I said, hmm, you're still young. You know, you're not near retirement age. You're still young. And she said she got tired because of the, the, the discrimination that she experienced. So I said, pray tell. What discrimination, right? And she said what happened was she was told by white men in boardrooms that the only reason that she was allowed into the boardroom is because she's white. And they told her, make no mistake about it. That's the only reason. we don't. We, this is not open forum for anyone else. And the only reason, because of her gender, she was would have been she's excluded. But since they had to open it up to all, to, you know, to, to to and be non-discriminatory in terms of gender, but they were still going to practice institutionalized racism. And she even asked me how, as a woman of color, how did I survive? And I was affronted by the question initially. And I said, well, that's eye-opening to hear from you that the, that this does exist. And I said, while I wasn't seeking validation, it's nice to hear 
that someone else acknowledges that it exists. I have a friend who is a woman of color, but she does things to enhance her complexion. She's of another ethnicity. I'm not going to say what. So she wears green contacts. I kid you not. She colors her hair blonde. Right? She colors her hair blonde. Uh, she wears green contacts, right, to make sure that she does not look, you, you would know if she, you know, because normally she has brown eyes and long brown hair, right? But she colors it so that her first impression, the first impression you have of her is that she's a white woman. Her husband is, 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 is of the same ethnic disposition as she is, so he wears his brown hair, brown eyes all day. He doesn't care. But for her, that's what she does. That's how she internalizes it. She knows what she's doing. These are called microaggressions. So some of you folks who the system is designed for, you even practice this without even realizing it. You hear people say, well, I, I'm not racist. I have black friends. I have black people working beside me. And, and this is the rest of us. So you don't just have people. You have black people. So you made the distinction. So you are aware that these things do exist. So what do you do? How can we overcome it? Well, you know what young people say. Young people are fearless. They say it's going to take a, a complete social revolution to overcome it because nothing that they can say, it continues to be practiced even by young people. I kid you not. My daughter graduated law school. She's as eminently qualified as every other person who graduated law school. But you know how these things work. The firms hire the white graduates first. So black colored graduates barely got any jobs at all. And let me ask you this. When you go to court, have you ever looked around the courtroom? Have you ever noticed that the judge is white, right? The clerk is, is white. The prosecutor is white. Most of the attorneys are white. Have you ever really looked around the courtroom? How many of them are colored? How many Hispanics do you see in the courtroom? How many other ethnicities do you see in the courtroom? If you're an ethnic person, if you are South Asian, or if you are Asian, get out of your head for a little bit and answer the question, how many people who look like you are represented in the courtroom, in the hierarchy? Very few or none at all, right? That's how you know that institutionalized racism exists. When you go into corporate structures, how many people who, if you're a person of, of color, anybody who is a non-white is a person of color. And for, for, most, for most people who are of Arabic descent, right, they have acclimated to the idea for years that they were white until they realized that they weren't, right? So you're a person of color because you're a non-white, right? So we change our hair color. People change their features. People have even gone as far as doing surgery to homogenize their features. I kid you not, these things happen. Just so they won't be discriminated against. People have lightened their skin. There's a guy on one of the local TV channels here in the Metro Detroit area. I have noticed he's, a, he's an ethnic person. He ha he's lightening his skin. I saw a photo of him the other day, and he's stripping his skin off in layers stripping away his color. He married a white woman just so he can blend in because he is aware of the microaggressions that exist in the system. 
guys, it's 2019. Can we get over this and get past this? It's 2019. We are regurgitating what our parents and grandparents lived and passed down, and we're still doing the same things that they did. It did not work then. It's not going to work now. I can predict right now with all brevity that in 20 years, there are going to be more brown people than white. There are going to be more people, certainly the Hispanic population in America has ballooned in some states, I am told, that the school districts have not received funding because it's mostly Hispanic students in places like Texas, California, and Florida, Nevada, and so on. The Hispanic population in school districts is higher than any other group. Hello, what does that tell you? Who is the future? They're brown. Will institutionalized racism exist? What are they going to do? Try to hold on to power? Last night I was interviewing a young woman on my show, uh, Alice Scully. She's a chairperson of the Oakland County, Oakland County, Michigan, young Republican. And one of the things she said that stood out to me was that she said the Republican Party is not a party of old white men. And part of what she has found is that in going around talking to people, she wanted to express that so people don't think that that's all, that's all who are in it. And I found it interesting that she's aware that that's a perception that exists. So I'm going to ask a question. In 20 years, do you know who will be running America? Do you know who will be in charge? It's a lot of brown people who are being born. Whether they identify as Muslim or they identify as Hispanic, there are a lot of brown people who are being born. It's going to change the face of the social makeup and the racial composition. And guess what? I'm all for it. Why? Because the system needs to go. Too many people have suffered and have been hurt by a system of institutionalized racism that is designed to create economic disempowerment that has marginalized people for no reason whatsoever except for the color of your skin. Too many black graduates are coming out of school. Too many black graduates are graduating with degrees that they cannot find employment in. And when they are hired, they're kept for no less than, no longer than three months. And then they're thrown out the door. Not because they did something, but, be, but the white people who are not coming to work, who don't care, who are not even qualified. I heard a story about a man who almost lost his job, and he had, an advanced, he had a, a master's degree, and the white people who were going to fire him did, did graduated high school, but they were his superiors. And you want to tell me I'm supposed to sit back, and that is I'm supposed to be happy with that. This has got to change. And you're looking at me like, who is going to change it? Well, you know how I know it exists? When I go to apply for a loan, uh, my interest rate is, is, is uh, greater. My interest rate is higher than, than your interest rate. So I make a higher payment than your interest rate. That's crazy, right? Right? 